Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Welcome back to the Ambitious Motherhood podcast. You are listening to episode number 88. And today we are talking with Brittany Dixon about all things systems and processes. So if you haven't met Brittany, she is a business process and systems consultant for creative entrepreneurs. She specializes in helping her clients create, document, and refine structures and systems in their business to save time, create freedom, generate income, and make a big impact in their own way. She's a mother herself of twin girls, Kenna and Layla, and Brittany started her entrepreneurial journey in 2015 when she started her professional organizing business, Clutter Control. She then ventured into the online coaching world in March 2017, and prior to starting her businesses, Brittany had spent 10 years in customer service, event planning, and hospitality. So Brittany loves working today with her clients to implement systems and processes that work for their lifestyle. Because we know productivity is not a one-size-fits-all approach. She loves showing women entrepreneurs how to get more done in less time, more efficiently, so they can get back to spending time with their kids. So guys, I'm so excited to dive into today's episode. Brittany is going to outline for us how we can take this mindset of reverse engineering systems to free up our time to get back to revenue generating activities in our business, but also get back to our family. She's going to take us through the road to scalability, which is her process that she takes her clients through, and she's sharing that with us today. So if you have ever wondered, what's a system? How can I create systems? How can I document systems? Why should I invest time in doing this? And then how can I take systems and pull it into my home life? Well, we're giving you all the things today in this episode. Okay, so without further ado, get to today's episode. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing so good. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to have you on. Like I mentioned off air, I've had people in my audience asking for you, which is so perfect that we've had this kind of in the works all summer. And now here we are. So yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So we are going to dive into all systems today, which Brittany is the systems girl. She is a trail lady and I am an Asana person. So Brittany, I would love for you to just really defend your case for Trello. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> tell, tell me why you love Trello. And then I want to ask you a little bit more about your business and who you are as a wife, mom, and entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. So I actually came across Trello about two and a half years ago, right? when I got into the online space and obviously I can dive into the beforehand when we get into that. But I just loved how visual it was because while I'm a process person and I'm super organized and systems and all that kind of stuff, I'm also creative too. Not to like the level of some of these creatives. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never come up with that. But like I decorate cakes on the side. I like doing photography. So for Trello, it's just so visual, yet there's still lists and checklists and things like that. So 
I found it super easy to use. I put a system into it. Everyone I showed the system to was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it just kind of happened. Honestly, it could have happened with any platform. That's just kind of the first one I started using and I fell in love with it and showed everyone else. And they're like, this is awesome. So just kind of kept going with it. But yeah, I mean, I, it's not even Trello. Like I have systems inside of Trello. That's one misconception people have is like the tool is the system, but it's not like if Trello went down tomorrow, I would be devastated, but I would be able to recover because I know the system that I put inside the tool. So yeah, I just kind of fell into it and then it it snowballed from there and kept going, but it's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. That is what keeps a lot of people will sign up for Trello or sign up for Asana thinking that's the magic bullet and it's not. You kind of get this blank canvas that great if you've got a system mind and you can you can organize it but if you don't you're just sitting there going okay like what do i do <laughs> yeah the only magic bullet is having a process to use inside the tool because again like if it went down tomorrow i know how to reset that because i've got the the backing for it so i always tell people like don't just jump from tool to tool like really dive in and figure out what you need from it before you try to decide what you're looking for Ooh, that's good. We're going to come back to that process to use inside the tool. I want to dive into that more, but give me a little glimpse into business life, what things look like for you in your household and in your business. Yeah. So in the business, I'm a business strategist that focuses on the strategy, the systems, the organization, and basically all things operations in small businesses. And I really just dive into creating more efficient processes so that people can make a bigger impact, but also make more profit in their business. I saw so many business owners not even be able to do what they started the business for just because of all the backend disorganization. They didn't have documented processes. Everything was in their head. And I just like, that's my strong point is like getting things out of your head, getting documented processes created so that you can basically scale your business and make a bigger impact doing what you love. So that's kind of the business side. And then I'm actually a mom of twins. So organizing was never really a like a luxury for me. It was a necessity. So I've always been an organized person, which that definitely helped when I had the twins. But yeah, so I've got twin girls. They are six, get it going into the first grade at the time of this recording. And it's just lots of fun, lots of balancing, all of that good stuff. Yeah. You said they're going into kindergarten? First grade. First grade. Okay. Yeah, so they're just yeah. a year older than my oldest. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Oh goodness. Kinder- I can't believe they're like going into first grade right now. It seems like just yesterday they went into kindergarten. It's crazy. Time flies for sure. It does. <laughs> yeah. So has your business offer, I always like to ask this, has your, has your business offer evolved? When you started, did it look like it looks today? What did that look like? Absolutely not. <laughs> so I'm almost four years in business. And when I first started, it was actually called clutter control and I organized people's houses. <laughs> so, no and prior to that, I was an event planner. So I organized events and I was like that crazy 16 year old with color coded binders in high school and all the things. So it's just in my blood, but no, I organized houses when I first started. I worked with a lot of twin moms here locally in Columbus, Ohio, 
and help them like declutter and set up systems in their house to help keep their sanity. And then it transitioned into productivity coaching. So when I found this wonderful online space, I was like, I want to teach people how to be more organized because I'm really good at it. So I did the productivity coaching for a while and then it shifted into what I'm doing now. So I actually have three DBAs under my LLC. My name's changed. I've changed the brand. So it's been completely different pretty much every year. <laughs> and how would you classify what you're doing now? Like how would you yeah, define so, doesn't know you? Yeah. Listen. So business consultant, business strategist, I'm an implementer. So I was doing the coaching and teaching people how to do things. And what I was realizing is that they weren't getting the transformation that they needed because you can teach all day long and learn all day long, but until you implement better systems and processes, it's not going to change your business. So what I do is actually go into the business hands-on come up with a strategy, but then actually implement the thing so that they can have the bigger transformation at the end. Oh, I love that. I love that. So let's go back to where you mentioned that you've got to use a process within the tool. So for somebody who's listening, who doesn't have this system mind like you or I do, how do they begin to kind of reverse engineer to find time, to free up time for those revenue generating activities and the things that really matter in their business? How can they make these systems, these tools work for them? Yeah, for sure. So I actually have a method that I use. It's called the road to scalability. I'm all about acronyms and things. The R is the recognition phase. So this is really where you dive into recognizing what your goals are in the business, what you want, not just in three months, but in three years. Because really in order to plan what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, you have to know what your long-term goals are. So then the second piece of that is the actual optimization. So once you know what you want, and where your business is going, what that looks like, that's when you can start finding tools that will work for those goals. So often I see everyone's got the shiny object syndrome and they're like, oh my gosh, there's this new thing. I'm going to move everything over to that. And without having like the plan and the strategy behind that, it could like crash and burn because if you're going to get this tool and use this new tool, but it doesn't support your goals in five years, you're just going to have to keep switching and lose momentum. So yeah, the next piece is the optimization. So before you choose a tool, really figuring out if it fits your needs for your goals, if it fits your work style, all of that kind of stuff, and then actually implementing those pieces and tools in place. Then you can go to automation, which is the A. And this is another thing I see a lot of people do is they want to automate things from the get-go and you can't automate broken processes. (laughs) If you do, I mean, you can, but it's going to be very messy. Oh, that's Um, so nice. Say that again. (laughs) Yeah. Do not automate broken processes because if you automate something that's broken, it's going to be a disaster. (laughs) And especially in this day and age right now, like everyone's like, oh, I want everything to be automated. I want to like be hands off. And that's great. And it's possible, but you really have to dive into that recognition phase first and actually optimize things before you can automate anything. And then the last step, the D in the road to scalability is the documentation, which people also completely skip, especially solopreneurs or people that are just getting started. But you have to document your processes. You have to document everything. If you don't document it, it's all in your head. 
And if you need to take a month off, no one else can do your business and you're at a standstill. And you also can't delegate. Like you can't bring on a VA if you don't have something documented out that they know exactly how to do it. So that's kind of my like system and structure that I use to go through a person's business. Because if you don't have those goals and like long-term plans in mind, everything you're doing in the short term isn't going anywhere. That's so good. So back to documentation. Why do you think entrepreneurs kind of don't do that? Why do we push that aside? Yeah, because we would rather just do it. (laughs) We're just doers and we want to like move on to the next thing. And I mean, I've been, I've definitely fallen into the strap before and like not documented something, even though that's what I do, right? Because you just get busy. And I think people just think it's going to take so much longer to document and they might as well just do it. And then they'll be the ones that do it all the time. But the thing is then when you start bringing on a team, then you have to try to document everything at the same time while you're teaching them while you're doing everything. So instead of just doing it, document it while you do it. I definitely think there's something else to it where maybe the person doesn't think they'll ever need it. Oh, I just want to be a solo. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I think even solopreneurs though, like if you, because you want to do things consistently in the same. So like if you have a client onboarding process and it's just you and you're like, Oh, I don't need to document that. You could potentially forget a step or not have the exact same customer experience because you don't have a checklist. Right. Totally true. And I think also not knowing where to throw this content. Like reality is it's not that hard. If I'm, if I'm sitting down today to do something on Pinterest, it's not that hard to without loom, click a button. Record my screen flow. And then I think the next step is where do we put that information? For sure. Yeah. And I for you. I think, yeah, for me, it is Trello. They do have softwares and things like that. But I think one of the other holds, because they think of like this full manual that's like totally legit and like a whole book of processes. And it doesn't have to be like that, especially for solopreneurs and people in the online space. For you to just have a checklist that says client onboarding and another checklist that's like blog workflow or video repurposing workflow, for you to be able to get that out of your head and be able to check mark things off each time you do it and use Loom videos, just like you said, that's the easiest way to do it is when you're doing something new, just go click Loom, talk through it, and then you have a process. Like it doesn't have to be an official document. Yeah. And we find it's easier to keep it all in Asana anyway, because we're all oh, for sure. Here. That's our hub. Yeah, for sure. Because then for me, if I'm going to go create a new blog post, I can copy the blog workflow straight from Trello, put it in there, and then you can check things off as you go. Now they, they do have softwares for this. There's one that I really like. It's called Way We Do. That's like a actual SOP, standard operating procedure software. But yeah, like you said, it's easier because Asana is the hub for you. Trello is the hub for us. And it's just easier to have everything in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So this roadmap to scalability, this road to scalability, that is the process you take all your clients through, right? It is. Yeah. So any of my consulting clients that I work with, that's the process I take them through because I don't just want to slap a system and like put a bandaid on a problem. I really want to look at the long-term longevity of the business and make sure what we're doing is going to work for them in five years. I just got to say, I love that because I'm so not a fan of cookie cutter anything when it comes to business. And I love that. Of course, there's some systems that you're going to see used between different businesses, but for the most part, you're coming at it with what's the best thing that's going to serve this business, this audience, this owner, and then creating the process around that. 
love yeah, that. for sure. For sure. And there, there are, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of the same systems I can put in place for people, but there's always going to be a customization piece because not everyone's business is the same. Hey, mom is just popping in here to interrupt our conversation with Brittany. Go ahead and take a screenshot of your show right now, post it on your Instagram stories and tag myself, Katie Fleming and Brittany at brittanyandco.consulting. We cannot wait to hear that you're listening and to hear all of the aha moments that you have had from today's episode. All right, let's get back to it. So the person who's listening today, what is like that first system you think they need to dive into creating for their business? Yeah, kind of like you were just talking about that central hub for things. Mm -hmm. Honestly, when I created Trello as the central hub for me, it just allowed me to get everything out of my head because like I said, I'm somewhat creative too. So getting all of those ideas of things I want to do, but I can't do right now and getting them into some sort of central hub. All of the different tasks that I have, the projects that I'm working on, the people I'm collaborating with, my team members, like there's just so much going on in the day-to-day of any business, even if you're just a solopreneur, that you need a place to put everything in one spot. Same thing for home stuff. Like my home stuff lives in Trello because it wouldn't get done if it didn't. <laughs> like I have to have a place to be able to manage all the moving parts and not lose my mind. So interesting. Like I, I'm not a fan of having a bunch of different tools in different places. Like I, ha- I enjoy having one place to go for all the things. I think gone are the days where there was like a very big distinct difference between work and home life. It's very much mesh now. And it's, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. And then these tools like this can help us to merge those and do it well. Yeah, absolutely. And I am, so I'm also a minimalist. Like I would totally go live in a tiny house kind of thing. Don't know if the husband and kids would be on board with it, but I'm the same way in business. Like I don't want to give you five, 10, 15 different tools to manage. I want you to have the least amount of things possible to basically manage everything the most efficiently as possible without having to go into 16 different places to do it. Yes. Yes. I love that. I'm right there with you. So can you walk me through, how do you start to document your systems? Yeah. So honestly, like Loom is the easiest way to do it when you are doing anything that could be potentially outsourced. So I would say the first step would be, again, the recognition phase, right? So going in and writing down every task that you have to do and looking at the stuff that you actually have to do versus anything that could be outsourced and then starting with that list that could be outsourced and starting to document those things. Because obviously if it's a task that you have to be the one that's doing it, while it's nice to have those documented, those aren't going to be top priority. But anything that you can start outsourcing, those should be the things that should be on the top of your list for documenting and creating videos and checklists for. So really it goes back to the road to scalability, right? So you're recognizing what you have to do versus what can be outsourced. You're actually optimizing that and creating those videos, automating whatever you can and having that documentation. Mm, I love it. So you have an analogy for this, right? For documenting systems? Yeah. So it's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I know. Analogies and acronyms are like my fave. Yeah. So I don't know if any of you remember 
like back in kindergarten or not, but we did this and they wanted us to come up and tell, like make a process of how to create a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? So you go out there and you're like, oh, cool. So you get the knife, you get the peanut butter, you put it on the bread and you get the jelly and put it on the bread. Well, if you missed any of those steps, like you weren't allowed to do them. They had to be that detailed. So it's like, get out a plate get out a knife, get out the peanut butter, get out the jelly. Like you had to be so detailed or they wouldn't like, they're like, oh, you didn't say get out the knife. So you can't use that. (laughs) Remember, You have to document that specifically because you have to think about it like this. If you were to give that checklist or that document to someone, they have to be able to have every single step without you explaining it to them. So that's how you have to think about it. Like if you handed over a checklist, would they be able to do it exactly the same without missing anything? And that's really just how you think, have to think about any processes because that's how specific they need to be. Oh my gosh. That's, that's such, that is an analogy that's going to stick with at least. Yeah. Me. <laughs> I, I like halfway remember that. Wasn't that like middle school or elementary maybe? Yeah, it was probably like elementary school. I have no idea. And I don't even know where I came up with it, but I'm like, oh, it's like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Like if you forget a step, then it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be what it's supposed to be. I love it. I love it. We have such a system in our house for peanut butter and jelly. The yeah. peanut butter goes on the bread pieces. The jelly goes in the center. Make sure the jelly doesn't go through anyway. Yeah. Has- see, you have to be extremely specific or you're not going to have a, a good product at the end, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I love that. That is so good. So give me some tangible ideas of how investing in documenting your systems, how that has helped clients that are solopreneurs, how has putting that time, that energy into doing that helped them on the back end? Yeah, for sure. So I think it really just goes back to that reverse engineering, right? So I have another thing where I talk about you can't plan your day without planning your year. And it all goes back to like, are the things you're doing on a daily basis getting you to those goals? So I think for them to, for somebody to go in and put a system in place for their planning process and to really have like a a weekly planner would be like the top thing that I would say is so, so important for people to put in place so that they really know what they should be working on on a daily basis to get them to that end goal. And then like another thing a lot of people struggle with is content creation and like how to organize their content. So having a system in place for managing all those different pieces and parts for content, but honestly, it all comes back to the planning piece of it and really knowing what you should be doing on a daily basis to, to get things moving forward to your goals. You're right. I think content. Yeah. That is, is a big one. I see where people, they are not even putting out content because they don't even know the systems. I have some women that are just type A and and if they don't have that system in place, they can't actually execute, actually do the things that they need to do to build their business. For sure. Yeah. That was one of the biggest things I saw when I started using Trello and creating things like systems and things for people was that they had like content all over the place in a million different places. And then they weren't posting consistently, which meant they weren't getting visibility, which meant they weren't growing their business. So it all came back to not having a system was why they weren't able to expand their business. Right. And if you can get that system in place, imagine the repurposing you can do in a year, two years, or however long down the line when you've got this much content sitting in just a little content bank. Yeah. So, I mean, investing in your systems and processes now is going to build the foundation for the long term by putting 
systems in place for your planning, you're going to get to your goals faster because you're going to know exactly what you should be doing on a daily basis. By documenting your processes, you're going to be able to bring people on, which means you can take on more clients and make more money. Having a place to manage your team, which is going to mean that nothing slips through the cracks. Projects are getting out on time. People are referring you like crazy because you did such a great job. I mean, it honestly, everything comes back to systems, processes, and having an organized foundation to build your empire on. Yes, I love it. So let's spend the last bit of this episode talking about how we can take this, this mindset, this thought process for our businesses, but also bring it into our homes. So how have you systemized your home? Yeah, for sure. So first I'm a minimalist, so I just get rid of things. So then I don't have to deal with stuff, right? (laughs) But I also have systems in place for like grocery planning. And I actually use my Amazon Echo quite a bit and add things to the shopping list. My kids add stuff to the shopping list. My husband adds things to the shopping list because then that happens throughout the week. And on Saturdays, I pretty much have an entire shopping list created and I can go online, order my groceries, and then I'm done. (laughs) So that system alone in my house has saved me probably three hours on a Saturday because I don't have to sit down and think about all the things and then go to the grocery store because, you know, this wonderful world we live in now that you can order things online and pick them up. So that's that's one of the systems I use. I actually use the Amazon Echo to add things to my Trello board too. Fun little automation that I have set up. When I add things to the to-do list, it actually gets dropped into my planner board in Trello. So that's super fun. And really just like the structure and like my kids have a morning routine and they know like they have to follow the routine and do all the things. And it's really, I mean, it just makes things run so much more smoothly, just like it does a business. It's the exact same like foundation to having a happy household. Yeah. Yeah. So if you start to notice things don't work or there's something that's not, that has friction, that's a lot of times what I say. If there's an area of my house or a or a thing in my business that feels friction. Like specifically, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but you were living this. So I'll just share this with you. I was feeling friction around the growing pitches in my inbox for the podcast. And so we had to create a whole new system and your assistant got the email that said, hey, I'm sorry, we revamped our podcast application process. Do you mind going through this, blah, blah, blah. And so I take those friction opportunities where I notice friction and we just, we create a new plan to take take it more off of me, but also just take away whatever feels so heavy. So have you noticed that in your house or in your business? And how do you, do you walk yourself through this whole road to scalability process? Absolutely. So, and that's the thing. People think that once they have systems in place, they're good to go. Like if they've gotten to the point that they have invested in putting systems in place, they're like, all right, great. I am good to go. Like I'm never gonna have to do this again. That is incorrect. (laughs) I mean, everything is a system and a process. And if anything changes, you have to change that. So I, I do see this in my house a lot and I have to like recalibrate and reset very often. So for example, I'm kind of running into this right now. I've got some big stuff going on in the business and we've been on quite a few vacations. The kids are going back to school and it just felt like everything was so chaotic. Like laundry was out of control and there was stuff everywhere and there was clutter everywhere. And I was like, okay guys, like we need to reel this in. We need to recalibrate. We need to spend a day like resetting all of these systems and making sure that like we have a good week this next week. And it happens in your business too. I'm actually in the process of swapping over softwares. I'm basically moving five different softwares into one 
which was a huge project, which means we have new processes and we have to figure out the pain points and what's not working, fix things. And it's very chaotic, but you, you have to like step back and recalibrate every time that you hit those friction points where it feels chaotic. You have to step back, plan, map things out, make sure you're still on track and then like optimize and fix things. Yes. I love that. I love that. That's so good. And such a good room that we are never done improving and optimizing. Yeah, never. No, in anything. Ourselves, our house, our business, like everything is going to be ever changing. And the sooner you can like jump on the fact that everything's going to change and just be okay with it and make things work when things change, the happier you're going to be. Yeah. Do you remember when the girls were younger and it was like, okay, they're now napping two times a day. This feels so great. And then all of a sudden you're like, plans change. Everything's different. Let's fix it. It is. And it's, it's just different seasons, right? Like the summer season was absolutely nuts because we traveled a lot, which was one of my big goals. But if you don't have things in place to manage those different things coming in, when that summer season hits, that can be difficult. Then you have the transition back to school for the kids. Then you have the transition into the holidays and every season, like literal season takes a change in your home and your business. And then you have busy seasons in your business that transition things. And then you have slow seasons. So everything's about seasons and change. And the sooner you have systems in place to manage that change and like take some of that overwhelm off of you, the better it's going to be. Yes. I love that. Well, as we're winding down, I would love for you to share with us the best book that you've ever read and what book you're looking forward to reading soon. Yeah. So that's a tricky one, but I would say, honestly, there was a book called Ordinary Superpowers. And I don't know if it's the best book I ever read, but it was a very life-changing thing because I actually struggled with really feeling like someone was going to pay me to do what, do what I did. I was like, this is really easy for me. And it seems like everyone should be able to do this. So I don't think someone's going to pay me for this. And what that book did was it really showed me that I have this thing that I feel is very ordinary, but not everyone is really great at. So that was one that really, really changed me. And then let's see one that I am looking forward to reading. I have not had time to read lately. So that's been super fun, but there's one I got in my Sparkle Hustle Grow Box called Imperfect Courage. So I'm super excited to start diving into that. Ooh, is that the one with like the colorful dots on it? It is. Yes. I'm so visual. It's not even funny. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's, that's surprising that you're in a sauna then. I'm surprised by that yeah. if you're super visual. Uh, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I related a lot to what you were saying about being creative yet analytical and organized. Like yeah. what is the name for a breed like us? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is, is there a like a, so that's like type A, type B. Like, I don't know. I feel like we do need a name for that. We should, uh, we should type coin, all right. We should coin that and copy copyright and all the things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I gravitated more towards Asana, but I just love it. So yeah, no. And once you find that thing that works for you, that you love and it feels easy, just do it. Like don't listen to everyone else who's like, oh my gosh, Trello. There's a new one called ClickUp. Everyone's talking about ClickUp right now. And I'm like, don't move if it's not like, if you're good where you're at, like don't move just because of the new shiny thing. Yeah. You don't need FOMO. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know. I I actually, I actually fell into the FOMO with ClickUp earlier this year and came back pretty darn quickly. It was like, it's just not. Yeah. 
I like it. It has a lot of really great features that I thought Trello was missing, but I just can't switch. I'm, I'm the Trello girl. I can't, uh, I can't move. <laughs> yeah. I'm big on speed. If it doesn't work this at the, at like super quick. Yeah. Capacity, like we're not, yep. waking, so for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, I would love for you to share with everyone how we can connect with you, where we can just get to know you more and also everything you have to offer. Yeah, for sure. So you can go to brittanyandco-consulting.com. It's my website, my digital home. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn the most. I'm not a Twitter girl. And I actually have some exciting stuff coming up. I have a podcast that I'm launching. It's called Process for Profit. So processforprofit.co for any of the like latest updates on when that's launching. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. I am so excited you are here diving into this content with us on the podcast. But if you're craving more connection, more intimacy with other mom entrepreneurs that are going after building a six-figure business on what I call nap time hours, working less than 20 hours a week, then you need to get into the Ambitious Motherhood community. We're hanging out on Facebook. It's a free group and we want you in there. So head on over to ambitiousmotherhood.com slash tribe to join us.